Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get down to business, um, we'd like to tell you very briefly a little bit about our gothic horror novel, The Ghosts of Ravencrest, book one in the Ravencrest saga. Yeah, well. Ravencrest Manor cast long black shadows across its grand lawns, through the surrounding forests, and over the picturesque town of Devilswood below. It holds its memories and its ghosts close to its dark heart. When Governess Belinda Moreland arrives at Ravencrest to tutor Eric Manning's children, it's the most beautiful place she's ever seen, but she soon learns that not only is it built on secrets, its inhabitants keep plenty of their own. From the elegant English butler to the power-mad administrator to handsome millionaire Eric Manning himself, who watches her with dark, fathomless eyes. But Belinda soon realizes that the living who dwell in Ravencrest have nothing on the others, the ones who walk the darkened halls by night, the ones who enter her dreams, the ones who are watching and waiting. Ghostly screams echo as bony fingers clutch at her in the indoor pool. The spirit of a long-dead child calls to her. A trio of gibbering nuns haunts her at her mad black eyes blazing. Ravencrest is a house of spirits, and Belinda is thrust into a world of waking nightmares where there is no distinction between the living and the dead. Yes, and the exciting part is The Ghost of Ravencrest is on sale in ebook on Amazon today through the 20th for just 99 cents. So, if you're into long walks down dark haunted hallways by candlelight, get your copy of The Ghosts of Ravencrest. And book two in the series, uh, which is the Ravencrest Saga, book two, The Witches of Ravencrest, is also available. Uh, And Exorcism, book three, is slated for an early 2020 release. All right, uh, again, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com, 
and or TamaraThorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thorneandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at CrossAllister and at TamaraThorne. Uh, you can visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram at at thorneandcross and at official underscore Alistair Cross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, tonight's guest is someone that I, well, we both have, but it's, it's not news for, for Tamara to meet these people face-to-face, but I have had the honor of meeting tonight's guest face-to-face earlier this year. Um, absolutely adore her, and her writing is fantastic, and I mean that. Uh, Margaret well, Lucky you. flings words around <laughs> in the San Francisco Bay Area. She is the author of the Claire Scammon Haunted House series, uh, House of Whispers is a tale of love, ghosts, and murder on the California coast. House of Desire is the second book in the series and is available for pre-order now. Uh, she also writes mysteries featuring artist and private investigator Jess Randolph, the latest of which is Snow Angel. Margaret teaches fiction writing classes and workshops and has written two how-to books on writing, uh, Shams' Quick Guide to Writing Great Short Stories and Writing Mysteries. You can visit her at margaretlucky.com M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-L-U-C-K-E dot com Alright, welcome to the show Margaret, how are you? I'm just welcome. fine and thank you very much for having me You are oh, welcome Oh, we love having and, you Yeah, <laughs> we do, we do and yes, I, I, um, we, we have been uh, looking through your latest book and it was, it is like everything that you like, so you have a way with words. There is no question about that. As soon as we, as soon as we cracked it and started looking at it to kind of get a, a, a you know, we, we, you know, it, we were engaged. And that's look, your yeah. opening scene. We were. Yes, that's your opening scene, and and you know that's you know, good job. It's very visual. Do do you set out to do that, <laughs> or or is that just an, a talent? Because it's like as soon as you start reading your work, you're there. The reader is there. You, you know, you know that the heroine is from a different era than ours, just by the way she thinks and talks. And you, you say something about the sweep of her skirt on the stairs, and you know, okay, this is mm-hmm. not in 2020. And you're right. very good at that. Well, so, actually, that that character Roxanne sort of goes back and forth between uh, 2020 and the current day, and 1896. And mm-hmm. she shares the the top billing in the book with Claire Scanlon, my um, main series character, who is mm-hmm. a woman who's remaking her life as a real estate agent in um, San, in the San Francisco Bay Area, and who has this talent that she is not happy about, which is that uh, she can sense energies and presences that other people cannot. And um, so the story goes back and forth between the two of them. They have their first encounter at a fundraising party for a group that is trying to save a San Francisco Victorian from being redeveloped out of existence. Mm -hmm. And no one else can see this young woman, Roxanne, um, except Claire at this party. And so the voice goes back and forth between the two of them, and I did try to create 
a somewhat different voice for each one of them. And so I'm glad you um, picked up that it Roxanne is from yeah. a different era because I tried to make her sound that way. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Well, good. It's As to the visual things, for, yeah. um, uh-huh. to me, one of the things I really enjoy as a reader is being drawn right into the middle of the milieu where the story is happening. So that is something that I try to do. And um, Tamara, you used the word visual. I find that I have this little mental movie screen on which Mm -hmm. I sort of see the books. And so visual details are very important to me as a reader. So I Mm -hmm. figure, you know, I can't be alone in that. There must be other readers who like that. So I try to bring it in as a writer as well. You're very good at it. Well, thank you. Uh, I can't wait to read more. I'm, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> uh, now, now, I haven't read it yet, but the first thing I thought of, because there's a reincarnational, it's, it's not reincarnation, it's time travel, but that always makes me think of that. Right. Another book that I read in my early 20s, um, Green Darkness by Anya Seton, had the same sort of thing going on. Have you ever seen that one? No, I don't she know that one. She wrote a lot of historical. You might enjoy that. But right. it, it, and you think, oh boy, one of those, because you don't see them very often. And, and, and um, what was that again? That's called Green Darkness. Green Darkness? And, yeah. And the and, author and, was? Anya Seton, S-E-T-O-N, A-N-Y-A. She, I, I learned most of my history from her because I hated it so much in school. But, um, <laughs> there is a better way to do it than the way they do it in school. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just but made a note. Okay. Uh, she writes great. I, I started reading her again. Um, she, what am I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, Roxanne is a soiled dove. And just, I, I, instantly hear that word and I think of the series Deadwood and how much I like western type things so she comes from that era old yes. San Francisco and yes. what was, in the 1890s what was San Francisco like it was very busy um, well it was very busy it had turned into a big city almost overnight right after the gold rush you know from very mm-hmm. very rough and tumble in the 1850s and it now had this whole veneer of sophistication going on and but the Barbary Coast was still very active um, there was still a lot of um, a lot of soil doves a lot of gambling uh-huh. institutions there were also a lot of um, very respectable people who were beginning to campaign against that sort of thing but uh-huh. it wasn't until right about on the time of the earthquake that San Francisco yeah. really got its act together to become not quite such a, a wide open, <laughs> rough and tumble place as it right. had originally been. And um, so the I older parts you, of the, oh, this book are set about 10 years before yeah. the earthquake. Ah, and where exactly, where does the Barbary Coast run from and to? Where, where well, was that? well, the Barbary Coast back in the day was um, <laughs> sort of the the area more north of downtown, kind of encompassing uh-huh. Chinatown and North Beach area. Ah, and that was the okay. the name of it. And then, but it it sort of spread out. There's a street in downtown San Francisco, a little two block street called Maiden Lane, 
mm-hmm. the reasons that, reason it was called that originally um, was because if you were looking for a maiden, that's where you would go. Ah, and, that makes sense. And so it it had a certain. It was not in the Barbary Coast area exactly, but but it was mm-hmm. it was nearby and had it served similar purposes back in the day. Oh, nice. Now, your series is called. Um, oh, I, I can't remember. The scare. Uh, I just called it the, the, the Claire Scanlon is the name of the hero in Haunted House oh. series to differentiate okay. it from from that. Um, the original book, when it first came out, um, mm-hmm. the it was the series was referred to as the supernatural properties, but that's kind of a mouthful. Uh-huh. So I'm experimenting with some some other things to call it. So so in this book, um, your, your first book in the series has ghosts in it, and this book is Roxanne the ghost, or are there more? No, ghosts. Roxanne is actually a living person who right. comes and goes um, through this time portal that's in this house. It's a Victorian mansion that was lived in um, through its history by the same real family. Place, and so there is okay. a ghost who is um, the woman who died and passed away and left her house to her three um, grandchildren who are fighting over it and fighting over what to do ah. with it, which is why there's this you know, contest of who's going to win out, the people who are trying to mm-hmm. preserve the house and turn it into a museum or the ones who are going to sell it off to developers and walk away with the money and this piece of San Francisco history will be gone. And that that's the kind of contest that goes on in a lot of communities um, all the time. Mm-hmm. And is that in in the fiction too, or is that the the real thing? I mean, I know the house is based on a real place. <laughs> no, that's in the fiction. The house, the house okay, itself that's... is based very roughly on a real place that is a museum. It's a historic house. It's um, they have tours there at certain times, and you can rent it for weddings and that kind of thing. Um, so that particular house has been preserved. I worked there at one time. The I worked for a historic preservation group that had offices there, and um, it was a lovely, wonderful place to work. And so my house is based loosely on that house, but I gave it this little decade or so of history that the real house doesn't have, which is the fact that Ah. in my book, back in the 1890s, it went through the the spell of being a bordello, a parlor house, Mm -hmm. a a blight on the community, according to the community, because (laughs) it was not in the the Barbary Coast, but in what was considered a respectable part of town. They must have been very, very annoyed. (laughs) You uh, you yeah. have a, a very good ability of, of balancing, uh, like you know how to set someone in the uh, in the moment, whatever that moment may be, and, and I'm speaking specifically, you know, historically. But you also don't weigh the reader down with um, needless information. I know a lot of historical uh, books are kind of hard because of that. It's like the author gets maybe really proud of 
his or her knowledge. But you uh, have this really delicate blend of, of making the setting clear without weighing the reader down. Um, what kind of research, I'm, I'm curious about how, what kind of research do you do when you're doing something historical, when you're going back in the past? How do you go about that? Is it, do you use the Internet? Do you, how does it work for you? Well, it, it, it's it's a little bit tricky. Um, and I once swore I would never write anything historical just for that reason, that it has all this research you have to do. <clears throat> this house, as I say, I worked in this house, so I knew the house. I went back and, and uh, did a tour of the house again, the house that I was modeling it on. Um, and one of the things is I learned a lot about San Francisco history when I was working there because it is a historic preservation group that has its offices. <clears throat> and um, so, and I have several books on San Francisco history. Um, fortunately, I live close enough that I could, you know, drive around the neighborhood and figure out exactly where certain things that I was making up ought to be. You know, uh-huh. if it were real, where would it be? Oh, it would be over on that corner. And um, and I, I did a lot of reading, and both on the internet, but also I happen to like books, so I, yeah. I read real books. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And, so much oh, nice. <laughs> Plus, you can trust books more. I think. Do you do you enjoy research though, or is it something that you is it like a necessary evil for you, or do you like look forward to it? I do look forward to it because I like learning about things, and for one thing, it's a great way to procrastinate. Oh, I'm actually <laughs> working on my book. Look at me, I'm reading yeah, right? this other thing. And uh, <clears throat> I once saw I once saw a card. A greeting card that uh, said on it um, a certain legend that I felt applied to me really well, <clears throat> which is uh-huh. said, "I used to just be a crastinator, but I got so good at it, I decided to go pro." <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. So so that's nice. So that that's um, it's one of my better skills, and research is a good way to to go about it. But sooner or later, you do have to sit down <laughs> yeah. and actually write something. Right. right. Yeah, that's, that's and, a, yeah. Alistair do, doesn't love the research. I love it too much. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a ba- it's a balance on this end because to me, I it isn't that I hate research. It's it's that I, I'm always I have a really hard time. Uh, deciding my just the way my brain works, I have a really hard time, you know, deciding, you know, what to leave in, what to leave out, and uh, it, it gets very kind of frustrating for me. So I so I tend to to kind of rush through it, mm-hmm. and then on the other hand, Tamara likes to really immerse herself into it, which I think you know makes for for a better setting, you know. Uh, but it drives him nuts. You know, she, yeah. Oh, we're gonna yeah, do this you, first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a good it's well, a good balance, but um, it's it's yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> well, as you go along in the book, I I hope you won't change your mind about whether or not I've achieved a good balance, um, because I do <laughs> throw in some historical things that I found interesting, but <clears throat> I always try to make the story first. Mm-hmm. You know the. My purpose isn't to teach you San Francisco history. My purpose is to right. give you, you know, a good story with a few ghosts yeah. and a few hauntings and a few 
good guys and bad guys and and uh well, but immersing yourself in the research allows you to know it well enough that people will assume you have always known it and you don't mm-hmm. you end up not telling them too much and I just love that. That how it works for you. Well, yes, exactly. And I hope that's what yeah. people will think I have achieved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I. I don't. I don't. Yeah. You're not that kind of writer. I. I have mm-hmm. no doubt. I have full faith that. You. Do you. Do you. Um. We. We may have talked about this a little bit before last time, but. But you like ghosts and hauntings and things like that. Do you. Do you believe in such things, or is it just something that your imagination enjoys? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, in this series. I have certain ways that, um, you know, when Claire, my heroine, perceives things, what she perceives and, and how it all works has certain rules, and mm-hmm. a few of the rules get explained in the in the course of this book. Um, and I don't believe in ghosts in exactly the way she perceives them or the way they operate, you know, in mm-hmm. the books. Um, I don't believe in time travel in the way it operates in this particular book. What I do believe, mm-hmm. though, is that the boundaries of reality are wider than we tend to give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of – and exploring some of the ways in which those boundaries could be stretched, even if I'm not convinced that this is exactly the way it goes um, – uh-huh. The idea of exploring that notion of stretching those boundaries, I find very interesting and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, exactly. I, I like the idea of not really knowing what strange things are, just enjoying them happening. Right, right. Without definition. Yes. Yeah. And I do believe that things happen that we don't have rational explanations for. That's what makes yeah. life worth living. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is, and and it it kind of is because it it you know when you don't know when you if you if you've ever taken like a science class or biology, it's like yeah, there's really fascinating stuff. But also when you realize how limited, I like to think of it like I do believe in science absolutely, but I also uh, yeah. don't think we understand science as well as we think we do. Exactly. That's. That makes sense. A good yeah. way to yeah, put. our science does understand certain things as well as it thinks it does. <laughs> right, and it can exactly. be very blind. Yeah. That you mm-hmm. know, when they don't have an explanation, they will make up one. But that's the way of the world. It uh, is. It is fun. Not and fun. And, it, and I guess it makes us feel safe or something. It makes us feel in control, mm-hmm. and so we need to have mm-hmm. an answer. But I, I personally, I'm with you, Tamara, and uh, it sounds like you agree too, Margaret. I, I kind of like the mystery. I like the not knowing. Well, I like the not knowing too. There was a a while ago they were announcing that they might have found out what the Loch Ness monster really is. I'm going, wait, mm-hmm. I don't want to know that. I know. I want no. it to be a mystery like, out there. Yeah, it's like exactly. when they every time they come out and they do this every few years. Oh, we've solved the 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 the, the mystery of who Jack the Ripper was. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to know. But there's <laughs> well, a lot of scientists too. <laughs> what was that? You know. As they really delve into yeah. science, I mean, you get into quantum physics and some of those things, and, mm-hmm. you know, the science becomes, you know, Crazy. almost more and more mystical. <laughs> and it the does. scientists will tell you that. And 
you know, so as I say, I, I, I think I think the boundaries get blurred a lot. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, so do you, to get, what like, do you Tell us about your for... other... Oh, we're talking oh no, no, go ahead. Again. Go ahead. It's all right. We do it all oh, the time. I was just going to ask Margaret to tell us about her other series. Uh, uh, your latest novel is Snow Angel. Yes. Um, that one's a different sort of thing. It doesn't have the um, the ghosts and the you know the psychic mm-hmm. uh, little backdrop. It's it's a much more straightforward kind of of mystery series. Uh, the heroine of that one, Jess Randolph, is an artist who works as a private investigator to support her art habit, because I'm sure you're aware artists don't always find it easy to make a living at doing that thing that they love. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and in this particular story, there's a seven-year-old girl to whom she's become very close, whose father is a San Francisco homicide detective. And on the night before, the day before, a her father is scheduled to testify in a major high-profile murder trial, the little girl goes missing. Mm. And so Jess gets involved in the search of trying to find out what happened to her. Um, the fam- the parents are estranged. Does it have to do with that? Is it an attempt to derail this trial? Is it something else entirely? Um, and are they going to find the child before it's too late? Nice. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. I hope so. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Well, where can readers find you and your books? And and uh, the new book uh, that we're talking about tonight, House of Desire, uh, you can pre-order it now. Where can where you can pre-order it? You can pre-order it. the e- you can pre-order the the Kindle version, the ebook. Um, it's it's yeah. up there on Amazon now. Um, oh, there great. will be a there will be a paperback edition as well. Um, mm-hmm. And <clears throat> but um, they don't seem to want to pre-order those. But, no, um, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> but but the book itself will be available in the spring. But um, you know, pre-order uh-huh. it now, and it will be ready for you as soon as it uh, it'll as, as soon as it's published. It will be yours. All right. Perfect. And could you remind our listeners again of your website or wherever it is that you would like them to go to find out more about you and your work? Well, um, my website is my name, Margaret Lucky, M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T, L-U-C-K-E dot com. There's no Y on Lucky, but um, but that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> and uh, and you can find me by that name on Facebook as well, or Twitter, or you know the usual places. But um, and please, please come find me. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, I found your always, book on it, Amazon. Beautiful cover. No. Oh, All thank right. you. As, <laughs> as always, it is a pleasure having you, and you're welcome back mm-hmm. anytime. So keep writing, and we'll keep having you back. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We it's will. always a pleasure to chat with you both. All right. You too. All right. All right. Yeah. And to <laughs> listeners, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.